What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Melanin Messages Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about mental health and checking on your friends to make sure they're okay. But first, let's do a recap. So the last couple of episodes were pretty dope. We talked about slut shaming. We talked about being single versus being in a relationship. We talked about a lot of things dealing with sex and relationships, but we haven't really talked about the mental health piece of being with people and being in other people's spaces. And in case you can't recognize my voice, I'm Jamila. Tiffany's not here today, unfortunately, but the show must continue. All right, so we do have a guest today. His name is BJ. BJ is a resident of Virginia Beach, and this man has a multiple jobs. BJ is a federal employee. He's an author, a property manager, and health and wellness distributor. What's up, BJ? What's up? You have anything else you want them to know about you? Uh, that's it. It's, the jobs are enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we always start each podcast with a special icebreaker. Today's icebreaker is pick your poison. So I'm going to say two things and you're going to pick which one you'd rather do. All right, the first one. Would you rather participate in a nursing home orgy or see dead people wandering around everywhere you go? I'd rather see the dead people wandering around. rather see the dead. <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard one. I feel like I would... Oh, dead people everywhere I go. Hmm. I think I'm going to see the dead people. I just don't <laughs> think the nursing home orgy is for me. No. But no. if that's... For whoever listening, you know, do you. Mm. The next one is toast your own hand in the toaster or take five shots of tequila every morning at breakfast. Breakfast of champions, tequila. <laughs> tequila. <laughs> um, you know, that five shots is a lot. I think I can, if I wake up early enough, I could get over it, but I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm gonna toast my hand at one time because I'll be over it sooner or later. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Next, <clears throat> would you rather get a one minute heads up every time you have to poop or scrape the plaque of each player's tongue and use it as salad dressing? So are you gonna scrape the plaque off my tongue and use it as your salad dressing? Get a one minute heads up every time you poop. Uh, I think the pins will be on my shopping list. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take the poop. Yes. For 300, Alex. Cause no offense, yeah. BJ, but I'm not eating your tongue. <laughs> it's clean. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> all right, the next one, stick a needle in your eye or pull all your fingernails out one by one. I'm cringing from both of them. <laughs> I know my toe, my toes just curled. Oh, <sighs> uh, I think uh, my coworker actually gets his eye pricked. A stick, stick. Uh, I will go with that one. Uh, yeah, a stick. Ooh, stick a needle in my eye. All your fingernails. I think I'm gonna take the needle because it's one and done. Yes. The fingernail thing, I have 10 of those, and that just sounds like a lot of pain. Yes. All right, so we're done with the icebreaker. Mm. Now we're gonna go straight into the introduction. And I'm gonna start with saying that 
I am considered that strong friend. So I don't get a lot of people calling me to ask me how I'm doing unless it's followed up by what they're going through in the moment. And my question would be, are you the strong friend? I am. Mm. So how does it feel being the strong friend and how would you character how would you characterize how you feel like when like for me when my friends call me and they say hey Jamila how are you I'm like oh, I'm doing fine but I really had this and then they kind of cut me off and they're like let me tell you about my day let me tell you how this and in my mind I'm just thinking wow you didn't really care how I was doing are you really my friend does do you feel the same way is that do guys feel like that when they how their boys call them, that ask them, not really want to see how they're doing, mm-hmm. but they kind of want to just talk about them. Right, I do, <laughs> I do. Um, and usually with guys, um, a lot of us, not all of us, we tend to be somewhat short and to the point. Um, some of us is actually, um, we're not taught nor been given permission to really express ourselves or articulate mm-hmm. what we're going through. So we tend to keep a lot of it bottled up. Um, if you feel really comfortable as a, a guy talking to another guy, then you tend to open up and share a lot more. But I would say to answer your, your initial question, and um, yes, I've learned that um, I am the strong friend. Um, and I've learned that I had to put boundaries up because what I've discovered is that you have people that really need someone that can listen to them. Mm-hmm. But then you also have people that are looking for an emotional landfill. They would come and just start dumping all the time. And, yes. we're, and when they're completely empty, mm-hmm. oh, I'll talk to you later. And they're done. Mm-hmm. And they moved on. You may have just said, mm-hmm, or, you know, every 30 seconds or something. And then you just, you're done, but you haven't said much of anything. So mm-hmm. being a strong friend, I've learned you have to learn the difference between being a good friend versus being an enabler. Mm. I struggle with that. In um, high school, I was an enabler. Okay. So I allowed people to continue to call me and use me and pull on me, knowing that I wasn't happy with it. Mm -hmm. College, first part of college, I kind of did the same thing. Second part, I kind of just isolated myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wasn't receiving calls. You couldn't call me because I wouldn't answer the phone. But then I became a bitch. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to do that for my mental health because I could no longer handle what everybody else was dumping on me because on top of what I was already going through, I was handling everybody else's issues too. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I struggled with. Now that I've gotten older, I've learned how to balance it. You can dump on me when I'm ready for it, but there are times when my friends call me and I have to let them know, you know, I can't handle that today. Um, Especially where I work, I have a lot of children that are going through a lot of stuff. And a part of my job is to make them feel safe in the classroom. Mm one section of that is pulling away some of that negative energy while I'm in the class. So whether it be letting them dump whatever it is they want to let them yell, cuss, cry, talk, mm-hmm. all of those things that they're saying and they're pushing out, I'm being that junkyard. Right. I'm absorbing all of that energy, which I really wish that I could just reach inside their heart and pull out all the darkness and put it in mine. <laughs> and I go home and have to deal with it. And my babies don't have to deal with all the things that they have to deal with. But that's not a reality. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, my adult friends... 
I'm less inclined to take as much of their emotional baggage as I used to. Um, I've also learned how to cope mm-hmm. and deal with and have found my own ways to be able to receive it, but also not internalize it. So mm-hmm. I can hear you, but I'm not taking it in and trying to figure out how to fix it on my own. Right. Because um, I'm a fixer. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so what are some ways that you have learned to be the strong friend while you are allowing your friends to come to you and talk, but also being able to deal with your own problems? I've learned I've learned as um, as I got older, as much as I've been there for them, I need I had to learn to be there for myself, mm-hmm. which was something I had never learned before. Um, I tend to have a more of a, a servant's attitude. So I'm mm-hmm. always jumping at the the fire that somebody has. I'm trying to help them put it out. But I've learned that I had to take a step back and kind of going back to the boundaries again. So um, there are times where I will shut my cell phone off. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned uh, to practice good mental health. And what I mean by that is um, you got your physical health or you can go run and do push-ups. Mm-hmm. But I, I realize meditating is a very powerful and um, very rewarding exercise that you can do for mental health. Mm-hmm. So I go to the beach or I go to the park. Um, sometimes I just sit in my living room and I turn my phone off and I would do absolutely nothing for, I don't time myself most of the time, but it may be anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. I think the longest I did for like maybe 45, 50 minutes, just sitting there absolutely still, not thinking mm-hmm. about anything. And then when, I, when I'm done, I find myself, uh, it's kind of like getting up in the morning, but it's a mental refreshes, refreshes, mm-hmm. that I'm um, experiencing. Okay. Um, so that's what that's what I've been doing um, to help balance my uh, personal mental health. Okay. So um, your IG name is spiritually successful. Mm-hmm. Does your spirituality have a lot to do with how you mantle? How you mantle? <laughs> They know I can't talk. <laughs> how you manage your mental health and how you manage the things that are going on around you. It does. Um, it actually laid the foundation for me. Uh, uh, as a Christian, there's scriptures that I can think about, like, um, you know, as a man thinking so is he. And then I would take that scripture. Then there's books I'm listening to. Like right now, I'm listening to The Big Leap. And mm-hmm. what I would find with some some help, self-help books is that some of it kind of correlates with scripture, mm-hmm. but it's more of a practical approach. And it helps me to understand, and I think my friends in general, where everyone is coming from. Mm-hmm. So when I'm able to, um, what I hear from someone constantly talking to me all the time, you can kind of gauge where the issues lie within them and within yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're better able to kind of go to the source of the issue if they have the courage to want to hear it. And, and the same for yourself. Right. Why do you think Black men mm-hmm. are less inclined to talk about what's going on with them? Even if... Because I know I have offered to be that shoulder mm-hmm. for my friends, my black males that are my friends. And I'm like, you know, it's no judgment if you really need to talk because I see that you're going through something because I am a observer. I don't do a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. When I walk in a room, I can see and I know because I know what your energy is like when you're not. So how, well, two questions. What do you recommend for black men when they are going through something? How can they talk about it? Mm-hmm. 
And how can Black women support you all without being pushy, without making you feel like you have to talk to us? Because I know as Black women, we can be pushy when we see our men are going through something because Mm -hmm. we want to be there. And a lot of times I've had to learn that I need to back off. Mm -hmm. And it's not with ill intent that I'm trying to be all in your business, but it's just kind of like, I really want you to open up and talk so that we can work through this together. Well, for some of us, um, just opening up like that is uh, perceived as weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is that you're dealing with as a man, you just deal with it. Right. Um, and a lot of us tend to go into our man caves and we are mentally just process things. That's why even in a, um, our argument in our relationship, uh, we may have to come back to that same argument three days later because we just needed that much time to process it. Mm-hmm. So the same is true when we're dealing with emotional issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as opening up to a woman, we a lot of us would normally, because I'm not going to say all of us, but a lot of us mm-hmm. normally open up with a woman we fully trust. Mm-hmm. It's easier for a lot of us to give our bodies to a woman than it is to give our hearts. Oh, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I was going to ask you that. I'm glad you said that. I'm still going to ask what I want to ask you. But you go ahead. Go ahead. But but it, it is, and and it's sad to say, but that's the that's the reality for some of us that um because with the body we already know what the outcome is going to be. It's, it's already predetermined. But with our hearts, we don't know what you're going to do with it. We don't know if you're going to throw it up back in our face later on, if mm. you're going to use it against us, if you're going to hold it over our head, or you're going to talk to your five girlfriends and tell them about our issues. So it's safer if we keep it than mm. it is to let you in on it. Mm. So it is a challenge. It is. So what... Can we ask Black women do to build that connection with you all? Because I know for me, I have male friends that will talk to me, but Mm -hmm. there are some where they'll say a little bit, but Mm -hmm. not really say a lot. And I know that for my next relationship, I want that that connection to be there. If mm-hmm. my boyfriend or husband is going through something, I don't want him to feel like he can't talk to me or I'm taking it as him being vulnerable because I'm going to talk. Right. If I'm going through <laughs> something, you're going to know it. You're going to feel it. I'm be cussing or I'm upset or whatever. I'm going to say it because I've learned that holding it in is detrimental to my mental health Mm -hmm. because that's when I have breakdowns and because of my job I can't have breakdowns I can't take out what I'm going through on other people right because I'm with kids all day right so how can I be that support system and let it be known that I'm that support system without being pushy or um without making the man feel uncomfortable um, well, there's a few ways. One, you could always let him know what you're doing. Um, you might be able to tell him what he can do, but it's best that you just let him know what you're doing. Mm. Um, journaling. If you journal, you can mm. let him know that this is what you've been doing and this has been working for you. Um, another way is uh, this book I recommend by Gary Small called The Five Love Languages. Oh, I read that. <laughs> yes, I love the book. The single version? Yes. Or, well, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, just the regular version, the first version. Okay. Yes. Um, by reading that book, he gets to understand his love language. And mm. then if in your relationship, you get to understand his, relationship, his love language. So that's another tool that you can help speak to his love language to help build him up, to encourage mm. him to have another outlet. Because a lot of times what I've, what I've learned 
I started reading books again, is that we've, a lot of us have never been taught, a lot of black men have just never been taught what mm-hmm. tools are out there or how to properly express ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we tend to mimic what we've seen from the previous generation. Mm-hmm. And the previous generation, of course, might have been just arguing, physically fighting, leaving the house, physically hitting. Keeping it bottled in. Keeping the bottle up. And then at the 55, it passed away. You wonder what happened. But with the wife is living to be 95 because it has to have an outlet. Yeah. And no one's ne- never taught us how to release it properly. Mm-hmm. So those are some ways that would help. Okay. Help them. Love languages, guys. We did a post about this on our page about learning your love language and learning how you want to be loved so that somebody else can know. Mm -hmm. Because just because I like quality time and touch, you might not like that. You might like receiving gifts or you might like words of affirmation Mm -hmm. or you might like acts of service. So learning those love languages. Women, know your man's (laughs) love language because it can help. And I, I completely agree with that. I'm an advocate for knowing how your partner wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still don't know how to get them to talk to me. That's how I'm single. <laughs> Anywho, so when you have a friend that may not be opening up to you, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm specifically talking about black males, mm-hmm. because black women have different ways. We have a lot of women's conferences and things that we're doing to help each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though it may not be mainstream, I have places where I can go to feel safe to talk. Okay. Where are those places that black men are able to go besides the (laughs) barbershop? Where can they go to be able to talk about these things or or is it just not there? Uh, The basketball court. uh... I'm not. Are y'all talking to basketball court? We'll talk trash. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, what? But sitting on the sideline waiting on the next game, then Uh you're talking then. Um, I'm not a gamer I used to be, but um, like during, like after the game or something, but for the most part, we've really, it's not like we're getting on the phone and say, hey man, what's up? You know, and I'm. Some of us. Goes back to my first answer. Man. It's perceived as weakness, or we don't know how to properly do it, mm-hmm. um, or we feel less than a man for doing it. Y'all should, because I, let me tell y'all something. When I'm really upset about something, mm-hmm. I have three people in this world that are outside of my family that I'm gonna call. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna call them, and I'm gonna let them know from the jump look, I need to talk. Mm-hmm. Just listen. Tell me what you think after I finish talking. Okay, I just need to dump all of this out. And sometimes they might say, I need to talk too. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to have this back and forth banter about what each other's going through. Mm-hmm. But it's still us being able to express and have somebody give us that positive feedback or that love. Because I'm quiet. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my friends call me to talk because they know I'm just going to sit and listen. But I'm also going to get feedback in a way that is truthful and honest, but sometimes it can be harsh. It's just kind of like, well, that was your fault. Like, you knew this was going to be the outcome, but you wanted to do it anyway Mm -hmm. to please yourself. Right. But I just want men to feel like they can do that. And the the last couple of podcasts, we've had male guests. Mm -hmm. The reason is because men aren't always represented in the conversation of sex relationships and mental health it's always a woman talking Mm -hmm. from a woman's perspective Mm -hmm. so how can we get men to want to do more and participate in more 
I honestly believe part of the issue with a lot of us black men is that we suffer from low self-esteem, low Mm self-worth. And the evidence of it is um, I started mentoring three years ago. And when I was talking with the uh, lady who was in charge of the program, she said she was asking a lot of men and a lot of men were saying, I don't have anything to offer. I, I can't do it. She had two, uh, one was married and his family time was, was being interrupted. So he stopped and the other one, a work got in the way. Mm-hmm. And I was just surprised that you know, she couldn't get anybody, but the same issues that they said to her, I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Then I started talking to other men, uh, men older than me, men in their fifties, men in their forties uh, and thirties. And everybody was saying the exact same thing. I, we've had that experience with getting guys to even like come to speed dating. We mm-hmm. meet so many single guys. We tell them, hey, we're having a speed dating event. But they have all these excuses about why they don't want to meet women. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what? I don't know. Like, how do we get like, how do we break down that wall? And also with being a guest, like guys are like, oh, I'll be a guest, but I want to be anonymous. I don't even know who I am. Or... No, I don't really have anything to say about sex and relationships, mm-hmm. but you have to have something to say because when there's banter on the internet, you can go to your keyboards and type, or you can complain to your friends because when we have game nights, the men in our game nights, they talk freely. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like this. I don't like that. And I'm just thinking, get involved in the conversation. Don't tell us because it's not going to leave this room. Right. And um, so we've gotten a few guys to be on our podcast and talk. But how do we get them to those public events so that us as black women know that you're there? Because we we had an event, you came to our mixed messages event Mm -hmm. and the conversation was, we're looking for single black men. We want single black men. Where y'all at? And a lot of them was like, oh, we at home. (laughs) At home, we can't meet you at home, baby. (laughs) So how do we get y'all to come to events? And they was like, well, I don't know. We just kind of go hang out. So it's, we're trying, at least I am and the women that I know that are hosting events, we're trying to get you guys involved and do things that you want to do. But it's like pulling teeth. I completely understand. It is. How do we get you guys to talk and open up? And because believe it or not, most of us want you to say what you really think. Mm -hmm. We don't want you to sugarcoat it. Or say what you think we want you to hear, because at the end we get hurt more mm-hmm. when you do that. Well, I, I think society has kind of uh, impacted a lot of us, made us afraid to speak our minds. So it's easier to do it on social media because the, the worst thing that can happen is you get blocked or unfriended. Right. But in public, if I told you that I I like Trump, what? You're a black man. You like Trump? What's wrong with you? And but what? But we can't. We can't respect someone's opinion right. or respect or really agree to disagree and just let it be. So there's that. a certain level of maturity that when you talk about black men coming out, that you're you're speaking to that level of maturity that you want to come out. Not mm-hmm. necessarily all of them. I want all of them <laughs> because I can't I can't host events or do things to support black men mm-hmm. if black men aren't there. And I would love, like right now, I will rally behind whatever black man and any a black man has a business that he wants us to come out and support. I'm in there mm-hmm. because you know what? That's what that's what that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. You're supporting me. I'm supporting you. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to show that support if 
they're not there, they're not represented in the room. And especially in mental health, like our young black boys are being put into these categories, ADHD, mm-hmm. OD, like they are being thrown into these mental health programs, into special education, putting on med, been put on meds. And just like you said, we have a lack of black male mentors. Mm-hmm. We have all these opportunities for our black man to step in and say, you know what? I'm proud of you, sister. You're doing a great job. But let me mentor these young boys because women can't raise no young man. No. And so how in I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just really struggling with how we can get y'all to come out. Because when I go to stuff, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of black women, mm-hmm. white men and white women. Mm-hmm. It's one or two black men in the room, but it's more than one or two black men that are professionals. Because when I go to a bar or happy hour, mm. I see plenty of young black professionals. And when I ask them, where are you? Why are you not mentoring these boys? Because they need your help. Mm. They really do. It's like, what What can we do to get them to come and make it appealing to them and let them know that we want to hear? I don't care where you work. You can work at KFC. You can still change somebody's life. Yeah. You cannot have a job and still change somebody's life. Yeah, I agree. Just by your presence. Like they're watching you. Mm-hmm. Just like the young black girls are watching me, those young black men are watching y'all. Mm-hmm. And when you don't come back, when you don't help, when you don't support, when it's a whole bunch of mamas in a room and not enough daddies, it's an issue. It so I've uh, I've actually asked a couple of brothers that are single, I said, look, um, you know, I've been married. I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. But I've asked them, I said, but you guys have never been married. So what's going on with you? I, at least I have a, a position to stand on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just different excuses for them. And I'm thinking, OK, I, what I'm hearing is I think you may be afraid to get married. Um, and, I, and I go back to what I was saying. I think it's um, identity crisis. Mm-hmm. We really don't know who we are, or how powerful we are. And that's why we've allowed y'all to take the lead. And then I'll add to that is that the previous generation, even though they had their challenges, but the one thing some of them didn't do with us is that they didn't really teach us the things we needed to for, for our generation. Right. And now the next generation up under us, you see it in the schools, what's happening to them. And right now I'm like, because I'm actually mentoring, I'm I'm, I'm at ground zero. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing everything what you're talking about, seeing where it's coming up. And it's like, OK, brothers, we have to put video games down. We need to start going out here, spending time with our nephews, with our younger male cousins. We need to start doing more. The women, I want the women to do is what they're doing, but mm-hmm. they should not be in the forefront. We, we should, should be, be side by side together. Exactly. But it's a message that has to um, come from both men and women and not mm-hmm. just from women, because if it's coming just from the women. Yeah, I, I hear you, you know, and I'm, you know, th- those that can't see me, of course, I'm sitting here um, playing, simulating, playing a video game as she's talking to me, but that's what a lot of us are doing right now. Women are talking to us and we, we hear them, but we're not really following through. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's some more of a you don't know what to do? That's part of it. Mm-hmm. We don't. 
we don't want to mess up. Um, we want to have our confidence. Some of our confidence is just shot. We don't want to make mistakes. Um, we're not even learning how to think critically for ourselves, let alone for somebody else. Right. So, and the the thing you will not hear a man say, maybe on anonymously, is I don't know how to be a man. Mm. I don't know what it means to be a man. Mm. Um, I'm speculating, but to some degree, I think that's a form of PTSD. Um, and the images, what we see on TV is for black men in general, that doesn't help it either. No. Um, the image of a black man is, I just saw the video of the 60 uh, teens in Philly that um, robbed the uh, Walgreens store. And I read the comments and I'm not agreeing or justifying what they did at all, but the comments just reiterate, like you, you don't group um, uh, ethnicity based off the actions of one or two people. Exactly. Because when you do that, you're just telling me that you see if 13% of the population, you just equated all of us to that action. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, some of us take on the um, society's perceptions of us mm-hmm. and think that we're uh, we're not worthy. As a matter of fact, I'll even add this. A co-worker and I, um, a few years ago, we said we hated being black. And we had to be honest with ourselves because it was embarrassing. We're talking one on one. We're sitting in the office now. Uh And um, and I mentioned it to him because um, he had passed a kidney stone and I had passed a stone and I'm a healthy eater. Mm -hmm. And I told him my watermelons and how it helps to break down the stones, stones form it. And he said, you know what? He said, I want to eat a watermelon because... I don't like the image that's portrayed with of us that mm. fried chicken, and I was like, "Me too." And we laughed and joked about it, but then I, re- but then the Malcolm X, X message came to my mind. I was like, "Who taught you to hate yourself?" And I realized that that has not changed. Oh, we yes. still hate ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's more mm-hmm. evident with the black men that I think than black women because at least y'all can talk about y'all do talk about things. You bring things to the surface. We keep things below the surface. Yeah. Well, black women just started uh, within reaching within recent years mm-hmm. um, because of a lot of movements that have taken place. Um, but originally, no. Like when feminism first started, black women wasn't inclu- included in that group. True. When black power and the black movement was started, black women weren't included in that group. So we had to create our own lane of where we're going to be and how we're going to get these rights for each other. Because Mm -hmm. we were told on both fronts, let us do this, we'll get to you later. Mm -hmm. By our black men, we were told, let us do this, then we'll circle back and get to you later. But nobody ever circled back. So we're kind of, we've started our own movement. We've hyped each other up, but we still have issues within ourselves. I still get the black woman that says, how do you wear your hair natural? To still get the black woman that says, I don't feel beautiful unless I have on a wig or if I have on tons of makeup. Mm -hmm. And they don't see those things as enhancements they see them as them. Mm -hmm. Like, if I don't have this on, I'm not beautiful. Mm -hmm. Feeling like black men don't love us for where we are and who we are, Mm -hmm. they're only gonna love us if we have straight long hair, which isn't true. Right. I've met a lot of black men, including my father, that would much rather me go without makeup and have my natural hair. But the media portrays it a different way. But I'm so glad that we're in this natural hair movement, that we're in this you don't need makeup movement, that we're in this I love my curves. And I'm glad that black women are taking control Mm -hmm. 
of it. And we're really out here exploring our sexuality, exploring who we are. And we have artists that are supporting us and they're coming out with their natural hair. When they take their tracks out, they're showing our young girls that it's okay. It's wonderful to have all these different young black women that's out here doing their thing. Right. But I want to see the men get on that movement train because us separate is one thing, mm-hmm. but us together is a whole nother thing. Right. But it seems like we can't get on the same page. I feel like we're the only community that cannot get on the same page mm-hmm. and support each other and take each other to the next level. Yeah. Yes. Unless someone makes a movie about it or it's the number one song trending. or trending song at we the time. We trend for a few months and then we go away. Yes. And it goes That's back. Crazy. No That's identity. Crazy. No. No identity. And then the, our value systems, some of our values are just based on whatever's trending at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to, we have to, I think, to me, have to take a step back and intentionally define who we are and stop allowing other people to define us for ourselves. <sighs> Say it again. Did y'all hear that? Stop letting other people define who you are. Define who you want to be. Um, my next one would be recognizing the signs of depression or the signs of anxiety in the people that are in your circle. How would a black woman recognize when her man or friend or husband or just somebody in her circle mm-hmm. needs that rally around? This is where you as a person that listens all the time, being that strong friend, um, if you're attentive to their behavior, then you start noticing changes, that's when a flag should go up. Um, And then if you're checking on them, Mm -hmm. which is great, um, that helps as well. But if you're not checking on them and you notice that no one is really checking on them as well, mm-hmm. another flag should should go up. Um, I actually went through this where um, a neighbor of mine um, attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew what she was dealing with, mm-hmm. but I didn't know mentally where she was until mm-hmm. one of her family members came and grabbed me and, and ended up having to break into her house. Mm-hmm. And um, she was in the in the bed with pills, she tried to OD, mm-hmm. um, but she's great now, But because this was years ago. But that experience showed me that um, it's good to just check up on people. Mm-hmm. And I've, what I've noticed that when you check up on people now, at least when I do, they ask me, they think I'm selling something for one, because if I haven't spoken to you in months and all of a sudden I'm just shooting a text or I call you and say, hey, how you doing? There's, there's that pause because we are starting. Yeah, because mm. as a society, we're learning to become a little more numb to somebody caring about us. Mm-hmm. So when someone is being authentic with, "Hey, I'm checking up on you," it seems weird and there's something wrong with them. So it's easy to dismiss them. So what I've learned is that if you want to, you're um, looking for signs of depression. You look for the people who tend to stay to themselves, which is becoming a little more difficult because a lot of us are tending to stay isolated. Mm-hmm. But you pay attention to their social media habits. I know I do. Mm-hmm. And if I don't see you posting like you regularly do, I will DM you or text you. Um, if things are happening in their family that mm-hmm. I'm aware of, I may check up on them, especially if they had a loss of a loved one. Um, right. 
I may check up a couple months later. Yes, asking specific questions. Yes. Just saying, hello, how are you, is not checking on somebody. No. Because when my friends ask me how I'm doing, I'm doing fine. But you didn't ask me, because I could be fine. Mm -hmm. In, In my reality, fine is I woke up, I had a roof over my head, I have plenty of food in my house, I have gas in my car, and I have a wonderful job. Right. I am able to get things above my needs. Mm. So yes, I am fine. Right. But you didn't ask me how I was going, how I was feeling about the breakup that I just went through. You didn't specifically ask me how I felt because I lost one of my friends. You didn't say, hey, I heard such and such pass away. Do you need me to come over and sit with you? Or if, you know, um, I know that you like to go for runs. You want me to go for a run with you? Those specific questions, but you have to get to know people mm-hmm. to know to ask those questions. Yes. And I know I've learned here a lot of my relationships with people are surface level mm-hmm. until I start being, quote, nosy, unquote. <laughs> I get people that tell me I'm nosy, but how can I check on you if I don't know you? Exactly. How can I know? How can I know to ask you things beyond how are you doing? Yes. If I don't know you. Yes. Oh, I, I get the same thing. And now for a while, I would stop asking questions because I thought it was something wrong with me because I, I, I thought I was being nosy. But then I've learned, like you said, if I'm if we're friends, my definition of friendship goes beyond just having your your phone number. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to ask the questions. If you're in the hospital. I get mad when people, my friends in the hospital, and they don't tell me because I want to come visit you. Because the ones that I have visit, they will tell me in a heartbeat, and it doesn't matter if they go to church or not, it's lonely in the hospital. It is. And and people don't come visit them that you think they were their friends. They don't want to come, they don't want to ask for help. They feel like they're being needy. You're not being needy. No. If you need help, ask for help. And if your friend is not there for you when you ask for help, they're not your friend. No. If your family isn't there for you when you ask for help, that's not your family. But you have to keep reaching out if you need it. Because guess what? Somebody's gonna I was in a gro in college. I was in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I walked past this lady and I said, How are you? And I will never forget this. She looked at me, squared my face, dropped everything, and she said, You're the first person to ask me that over the last couple of weeks. Wow. And I said, Do you wanna go grab something to eat and talk? Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, and we talked for hours. She had been going through so much stuff, but nobody ever asked her how she felt about what was going on with her. She said, everybody just said, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh, I'm so sorry. But she said, nobody ever, and she said, you're a complete stranger. And she said, the only thing that you can say, hey, how are you? And she said, I know you meant to ask it and keep walking typically, but she said, you asked it and you stood and you looked at me and waited for me to answer. I said, I don't know. I said, let me tell you something. I don't talk to a lot of people and I don't know why I stopped to talk to you specifically. Uh-huh. But when I stop and I say, if I ask somebody how they doing, I want to know how you're doing. I'm not just going to ask you just because. Right. But even throughout college, me and her maintained that friendship and we're still friends on social media and we still exchange and I still check in on her. Okay. But... Even to strangers, just saying hello and smiling and Mm -hmm. asking them, hey, what's going on? Or do you you know you want to eat lunch with me or seeing people eating by themselves? If you came in by yourself and somebody else is eating by themselves, hey, hey, you want me to join you? Mm -hmm. 
you never know. They might say no, right. but you never know. It could be somebody that does want them, want you to join them, and they do want to talk. It's okay to be a listening ear sometimes. But she helped me with some of the stuff I was going through because okay. I was going through a breakup. Here's this older black woman mm -hmm. that just lost family members. She lost a couple of family members back to back. Mm -hmm. I was going through a breakup. She helped me get through my breakup because she knew she had already been there and done that. Yeah. I was just younger. I was just, hey, how you doing? Because I'm from Virginia. That's normal for, you know, people to ask that. Southern hospitality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's, and I didn't even know all that stuff was going on. Mm -hmm. You just never know. Like sometimes people make my day when they walk past and they just smile because they have no idea that I just had like one of the roughest days. But you just walk past and smile and nod your head and I'm like, you know what, it's gonna be okay. My, my neighbor, I just ran into her yesterday at the grocery store and um, she said, you probably don't even remember this, but she said, remember that day that you asked me, uh, was I okay? And I said, yeah, I remember that day. She said, I wasn't. She said, but you, you picked that up and I didn't say anything, I didn't do anything. She said, but you picked it up. She said, that meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. She said, I was going through a lot, but for you to ask me, that meant a lot. Mm -hmm. And I and I think we're we're so afraid as a society that we're going to offend somebody when we feel like we're invading their space. But it goes back to what I said. Just think for yourself. You see somebody in need, you feel that there's a need there. It's okay to just ask, are you okay? And because when I, I'm like you, you talk? I don't. If you ask me how I'm doing, um, either you can get the fine mm -hmm. because if I know you, I know you really not asking. Mm -hmm. Or if I think you really asking, then I'm gonna ask you, do you really want to know, or are you just asking? Because there's mm -hmm. a difference. And yes. and and I and I'm not ashamed yeah. to say that because that just tells me we're either acquaintances, associates, friends, colleagues. Because mm -hmm. there's there's more. You know, we put we group everybody as a friend, but no, there's de there's different levels of, of the relationship. So mm -hmm. usually you're, you're in one of those categories. Right, and I've gotten into the habit of not asking unless I want to know. So I'll say, "How are you?" You might say, "Fine." I'll say, "Okay," and I'll wait for a second because sometimes that fine is followed up by something, mm -hmm. but we don't wait long enough True. for that follow-up to happen. True. So, and then sometimes somebody asks ask me how I'm doing, I'll be like, girl, it's mm -hmm. been a long day. <laughs> and they'll say, it has been a long day. And we'll start a conversation in the grocery checkout line about right. our day. But it's just me being open enough to listen. Right. And sometimes I might not have had a long day, but it looked like you had a long day. Mm -hmm. And I know that by me saying, it's been a long day, it'll mm -hmm. open you up to saying, you know what, it has been a long day. Yeah. My car got towed. My, I lost the keys, I locked my keys in the car. Mm -hmm. My child threw up on me this morning, so I had to go change. Just talking about things in the moment instead of letting them build up mm -hmm. until they bubble over and spew everywhere. Now you don't know why you mad at the world. Yes. Do you recommend that black men go see therapists? Yes. There, yeah, I, I, I was on the other side um, and I went to counseling. Um, and this was going through my divorce. And what I discovered was I was afraid because for one, I'm thinking this is my relationship. I don't need nobody to tell me what to do. Exactly. But after a couple of sessions, it felt good to have somebody, a neutral party, listen to both sides. Mm -hmm. And now I've gotten to a point where I realized that counseling does have a, a, a place in our lives because 
you need somebody from the outside in mm -hmm. looking into your life. And it doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means that you're a human being with life issues and you're looking for somebody to help you sort it out. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have friends that you trust, then you just go uh, pay somebody and do yes. it. Yes, people, your friends cannot help you through everything. No. I don't care if they've been through it before. People go through stuff in different ways. Mm -hmm. If you're going through something, it's okay to see a therapist. It is. Because your best friend, Kiki, Mookie, <laughs> whoever it is, cannot help you all the time. Them being a listening ear, them being a supportive friend is not always going to help you. So you have to sometimes get that professional help. Yeah. And it's not always going to lead to medication. Therapists don't tell you what to do. They listen to you. They offer suggestions and they help you work through it in a way that benefits you. If you go to a therapist and they're telling you what to do, you need to go talk to somebody else. Because in my experience, I have not had that experience with therapy. Mm -hmm. It's always been a me throwing up everything that I'm going through, them reciting it back to me, and then asking me what I think I should do. And us going over all the different options of what I should do and how it will work for me and how it might play out. Right. But I spend most of the talking. I do most of the talking. They're not telling me what... Now, I've had a therapist say, no, don't do that. Mm -hmm. But it was because what I was going, what I was thinking was something that I shouldn't have been doing. I went to go see a therapist in college mm -hmm. and I went to go see a therapist after I got out of my long relationship. And the thing that she told me, I said, you know what, I'm gonna call him. And I'm gonna tell him this, that, and the third. She said, no, you're not. Very plainly, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. We're gonna work out, work this out in this room. And that's that's what you need. Yeah. You need it's it may take you a few times to meet a therapist that you connect with. Mm -hmm. And some it's not always gonna be a PhD, it can be LC LCSW. Mm -hmm. It might be um MSW that you go see. Therapists come in different forms. Right. But your best friend, your next door neighbor, your mama, your daddy, your cousin, your auntie, your uncle are not always going to be the people that can help you get through what you're going through. They can only tell you what works for them. That's not always gonna be what works for you. All right. Um, my next, my next, y'all know I can't talk. <laughs> the next question is, what advice would you give to young black men that are struggling with their mental health? Uh, first, counseling. Um, it's fine. We just, just like you said, it's fine to go find a counselor, seek counsel. Um, and the next thing I would suggest is find an older um, brother that you trust, um, that that you uh, respect, because that's who you're going to talk to anyway. Someone that you respect, but mm -hmm. and, and trust, um, that will have your best interests. And I just ask them, hey, you know, I just want to sit and talk with you. You mind listening to me? Um, those are probably the two best options. The third option, um, journaling. Mm -hmm. Don't keep it bottled up. Get a notebook. Start writing this stuff down. Um, I've been journaling for over 10 years. Um, it sounds crazy, but it is very therapeutic when you're getting that stuff out. Um, and then um, I will also look at, it sounds weird, you know, some of the things that you eat may contribute to uh, the mental health because of all the things that 
they're putting into our food today. So, mm-hmm. but that's the order I would recommend if you feel like you're dealing with mental health, a counselor, uh, find a trusted uh, older brother that you can talk to, journaling, and then I'll just watch your diet. And exercise, that's another thing. I'm sorry, that's, that should be number four, is exercise because you need an outlet. Uh, we all need an outlet. So if you're not doing any of those things, at the very least, go for long walks, go running, do push-ups in your house, but just have an outlet to get some of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna get all of it out, but it does help. Okay, and what advice would you give for black women that, um are trying to get their brothers or whoever to go get help. Maybe they see it, but the man doesn't see it. What if they see it in their son, but their son doesn't see it? Because sometimes when you're in stuff, Mm -hmm. you can't see it. But I can be sitting over here and see, honey, you need help. Mm -hmm. Or baby, you need help. Or my son needs help. How can we be a support and get them to go seek help because you know really help doesn't work unless you want it right so how what can we do to support you all in seeking that help and getting help sometimes what may motivate some of us is that you know when you say it is one thing but when somebody else like one of our our homeboys come up to us and say the same thing um if you know our close friends or family members um, and you trust them and they trust you, you could say something to that person to ask them to talk to your significant other. Hey, Mm. can you, uh, not can you, but hey, I've noticed something different about you. Um, And then start talking about mental health, but just do it gradually subtle, but don't be blunt. Hey, yeah, be discreet. Thank you. Um, That's probably one of the better ways to to approach it. if there, um, let's see, if there's movies or something that you want to watch that that captures what you see, and you say, "Hey, would you watch this with me?" and then maybe he might recognize something then. But the best approach, I would say, is just being discreet about it. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on the guy, because a lot of times, if you tell us there's something wrong with us, um, we will probably prove you wrong yeah. and not do anything. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I know what's wrong with me. You don't know what's wrong with me. Cause yes. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been that person. I've had people tell me that I needed to get help. And I looked at them like, baby's crazy. What do you mean? I'm fine. Right. I don't need help. Knowing later on, and after I look back, and be like, wow. <laughs> I was really stuck in this moment. And I really needed help. Um, taking us back to sex and relationships. Mm-hmm. How can... So... The physical, you mentioned the physical and the mental being mm-hmm. separate. So you can have sex, mm-hmm. but not be mentally attached. True. Women can do this too. This is this is just a fact, okay? Okay. I'm trying to think of how I want to ask this. How do men separate the act of sex from an emotional connection and why is there a separation from the act of sex and an emotional connection? Because we are visual creatures. A lot of times when we see a woman, especially from from a distance, we see her body, we see her from head to toe. 
in our minds, we've already started formulating, man, she looks good. I wonder what she does. Um, or if we go all the way to the left, we're like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I want to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, nowhere in that have we thought about uh, an emotional connection because for us, when we have sex, we've already associated sex with pleasure, with feeling good. Mm-hmm. The feelings is another category. So you want us to bring something in there that's like a foreign object to the relationship. The emotional part comes in when we actually want to know you, mm-hmm. start learning you. Um, and it also depends on um, how much you respect yourself determines how much we're going to respect you. So you have a lot of respect for yourself. Now you force us to go beyond the sex mm-hmm. and to get to know you a little bit more. So we have to open ourselves up to become vulnerable. And that's where somebody will probably teeter back and forth because you know they're putting their heart out there a little bit or if they're really good at it they completely play removed. Together. yes completely removed mm-hmm. should sex and emotions be tied in or should there be a separation should people be able to have sex without being emotionally tied to people or should I be emotionally tied to you before I have sex with you <laughs> That's saying uh, he who catches feelings first loses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. I have not heard that. You, you haven't? No. Oh, well, I have and I've experienced it. <laughs> yes. Um, I honestly, I don't, I don't think it's possible for both people to keep having sex without one person eventually catching feelings mm-hmm. um and feelings could even could be something as um simple as possession mm-hmm. we're together we're not boyfriend girlfriend but we're sex partners i don't want you with anybody else i'm not gonna be with anybody else but in my mind because it's just sex i can move on i can be with anybody else so mm-hmm. there's i believe there's gonna be feelings involved at some point mm-hmm. um and then time doesn't stand still. So somebody that's in their 20s, I'll just say a woman, a woman that's mm-hmm. in her 20s, maybe they do that. But if she's never been married and hasn't had any kids yet, and she's like in her early 30s now, her perspective is going to change. Right. That same man from his 20s to 30s may not change at all. Mm. So that's mm. why I said, it, yeah, you... There's going to be feelings involved. <laughs> okay. I mean, because I've had the possession thing mm-hmm. where guys will say, well, if you're talking to me, you can talk to nobody else, but you haven't committed to me. Mm-hmm. You haven't said that this is exclusive. And he's not. So why can't I talk to somebody else? But you said that you don't have feelings for me, but you don't want me to talk to somebody else. So what is the... How do we determine whether or not you're being possessive or if you actually want to be exclusive? Because a lot of guys won't just announce, I want to be in an exclusive relationship with you. They'll just kind of go with the flow and expect you to understand what's going on. Yeah, because um, that is becoming like the new norm now to let the lady take the lead in a relationship. And I will tell ladies that when you take the lead, it's like... um, he jumps in the passenger seat now and at any time in a relationship, he can get out. Mm. But um, if you want him to take charge, you can be more upfront. The respect, I mean, the one thing we want more than sex, regardless of our age, mm-hmm. is respect. Mm-hmm. So the more respect you have for yourself and what values you have for yourself, and I'm talking about realistic values, mm-hmm. 
I'm not taller. If you if you want a man six foot five and taller, to me that's not realistic because mm-hmm. you can have Ike Turner and he's gonna smack you around, but he's six foot six. So, yeah. so um, but when I say realistic, I'm talking about somebody that's gonna treat you with respect, um, take care of you, provide for you, if, or provide for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get him to step up and do more, you have to take a step back and don't emotionally invest right away, right. because he's not gonna emotionally invest at all. Because right now his mind is like, oh yeah, you, you, you look good. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or even financially, you work where? Oh yeah, you look good. Because he may be looking for somebody to take care of him financially. I'm not taking no <laughs> man. Okay, let me tell y'all something. I am all for women taking the lead and doing what they got to do. But two things that I'm not going to do. I'm not going to initiate no relationship with no man. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking care of no man. Because the way that I was raised was old school. The man is supposed to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to step up and say what he wants and go what after what, what after whatever it is he wants. Right. And I firmly believe that if a man is not coming after me mm-hmm. and pursuing me, then he wants me out of convenience. He yes. wants me because I said that I want him. Yes. And I'm okay with choosing because I'm going to choose you initially. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to allow you into my space initially because I've chosen to allow you into my space. Mm-hmm. But if this relationship is going to go any further, mm-hmm. you're going to have to step up. I'm not going to be saying, oh, hey, let's do. No. When you first meet me, I expect you to take me on dates. And dates don't have to cost money. We can go for a walk on the beach. Right. We can go walk around the fountain. Mm-hmm. Hell, we can go to the gym. We already got a gym membership. <laughs> it can be free, but I've just, I have pursued men in the past and it didn't work out. And getting older, mm-hmm. I realized that it didn't work out because I pursued yep. him yep. and he wasn't pursuing me. Yeah. That means that he was dating me because I showed interest in him and because I wanted him and I was convenient. I was easy. Yep. I ain't doing that no more. I'm about to enter into my 30s. So if you ain't trying to show interest or take some leadership, show Mm -hmm. your leadership skills and say that, you know what? I think this relationship needs to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm expecting. And then I'm going to tell you what I'm expecting. And Mm -hmm. we're not able to talk about that together and grow together. You ain't with it. Right, right. Because I got five steps to a relationship. <laughs> the first step is talking, where mm-hmm. we're just texting. That's fine. I can text you first. We can do whatever. Mm-hmm. Dating. We get to the next step where we're going out, we're hanging out, we're doing a lot more things. <laughs> then we get into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go into being engaged. And then we're going to go into being married. Those, to me, those steps are dependent on the man choosing to move into those next steps. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I am an emotionally invested person. So I can move through those steps fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. If I feel like, oh, you know what? Let's go. Right. But you might not be there. Right. So I need to know that you're there to take me to the next level because I want to marry a leader. Mm-hmm. I don't want to marry somebody that's doing stuff because I want to do it. I want no yes man. <laughs> I want a man that's strong enough to say, we're, do- we're doing really well together. I really care about you. I want to be in a relationship. I want to be in an exclusive relationship with you. And we're not going to be talking to other people. I want you to say it. Say it and mean it. Right. Don't just have me, um, you know, I stayed the night at his house. We've been together for a week. We got snowed in together. Mm-hmm. We stayed together during a hurricane. But I don't really know if we like together, together. I don't know. And anytime I meet a guy so that's where I think it's heading, mm-hmm. I let him go. 
Because you're going to be indecisive. I don't like that. Okay. I need somebody to know what they want when they want it. Right. That's probably why I'm still single. Y'all might not want to take my advice because I'm single. But anywho. Well, no, I mean, that, that's fine. <laughs> and the other thing I was going to suggest is um, don't don't put all your cards out there on the table. And exactly. what I mean by that is don't tell a man everything that you're looking for. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. don't say much of anything because what we do, some of us do, when you tell us what you're looking for. Turn into a chameleon. We're actors now. You think Idris Elba is good? We're better. Mm-hmm. We don't look like him, but we're better. So we're, some of us would be what you want us to be for as long as we need to be there or want to be there until it's time to move on. And to get what you want, whatever right. it is what they want. And it might not be sex. Right. Exactly. It might just be, I need to, I need a companion for right now. Exactly. So I'm going to text you or I'm going to call you. I'm going to hang out with you. Or somebody to just vent with emotional mm-hmm. landfill to dump on. Mm-hmm. Watch our actions. Not our words, but our actions. Whatever we're doing tells you how we prioritize our time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm trying to talk to you, then the bulk of my time is communicating with you some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. If I'm texting you once a week or so, and we're supposed to be going out, we're supposed to be dating. <laughs> yeah. <that's>. yeah. <laughs> that. All right. So we're at the quote of the podcast. And normally Tiffany does the quote, but she's not here. But I did find one that is fitting. It says, healing isn't about changing who you are. It's about changing your relationship to who you are. Mm-hmm. I found a... Uh, fundamental part of that is honoring how you feel and I thought that fit um, in with what BJ has been saying this whole time is you have to be who you are and when you need help ask for help say that you need help show that you need help be okay with not being okay sometimes but also with not being okay It's okay to go see a therapist. It's okay to call your homeboys. It's okay to call these black women that are out here trying to support y'all, but they don't know what they're doing because y'all won't open up and let us know how to support you. (laughs) And that's the end of the quote. What do you think about that? Oh, that's a powerful quote. I love it. Yes. All right, so we're into announcements. Only thing that I have to announce is that we have a event coming up at the end of August, and it's called Love Jones. It's a poetry night, and we're going to be talking about sex and relationships in the form of poetry, song, dance, however it is that you want to express yourself. If you want to get tickets, go to melaninmessages.eventbrite.com or you can follow us on our social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And we also have our podcast posted on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify. All those links can be found at melaninmessages.com. And last but not least, if you want to be a guest, please slide in our DMs or send us an email and we would be more than happy to have you. BJ, do you have any closing words? I enjoyed the podcast and I look forward to our future future for our podcast. Yes. Make sure you guys follow BJ on Instagram, the Spiritually Successful, and also on Facebook, BJ Butler. You guys have a wonderful night. And as Tiffany would say, blessings to you all. Peace. Peace.